Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about Season 7, Episode 14, called Plucky Penny Whistle's Magical Menagerie. But before we do that, um, <laughs> we were trying to figure out who actually freed those <laughs> when we were talking about in the last episode, who had emailed us and was talking about freeing the hose. And it wasn't Joel, although, hi, Joel. Hi, it Joel. was Roy. It so, was... hi, Roy. <laughs> hi, Roy. Thanks for freeing the hose. Yay. <laughs> But it was, yeah, we, we had to figure it out because we had no idea. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, hi to both Roy and Joel. I almost said roll and joy. And that's not it. <laughs> nope. I've only had a few sips of wine. It's fine. Yeah, we're day drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we start out at night. Sam runs around a corner and hides behind a car. He says out loud to himself, it's okay. They can't hurt you. They can't hurt you. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Yeah, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Poor bugger's terrified. <laughs> Sam peeks over the vehicle and sees a clown with green hair, yellow pants, and a red jacket standing close, uh, close to his hiding spot. The clown laughs, then runs towards Sam, who runs first towards a high fence and then to a door. The clown runs after him. Sam breaks open the door and bolts it behind him. Sam moves some metal objects in front of the door and looks around the building, which is a large workshop. He hears a crash behind him and turns to see the clown coming through the door laughing. Sam starts to walk away from the first clown, but another clown, which is also laughing, has appeared behind him. Sam stops and the second clown uh, supernaturally <laughs> zooms towards him. <laughs> I know. It's like, what do you even call that when they just kind of like... You see how they, like, go really, really quickly and just, like, end up directly in front of you. Like, what do you call that? There's got to be a word for that action. Yep, I don't know. We call it supernaturally zooming. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All the zoomies. <laughs> Clowns have the zoomies. Yep. Then we get our opening title sequence. Um, and so the title card says supernatural, and colored glitter falls from the title card. I, I, I like the glitter. Yeah, I like the glitter, too. <laughs> they should, they should, like... That should be a thing. Yeah. Glitter. Just all the time. Although it is kind of the herpes of craft supplies. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> just when you think it's gone, there it is again. <laughs> I know, Killian's always like, Mom, let me use the glitter. And I'm like, nope. No thanks, sorry. You should uh, be like, oh, the glitter's old. We had to throw it away. That's it a bad. great idea. I'm going to do that. You should do that and cause... just get rid of it all. I mean, glitter glue is one thing. Oh yeah, that's contained. fine. But, like, actual glitter is, ugh. Yeah. It's kind of a nightmare. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find glitter all the time. Okay. So we cut to daytime. Sam is outside his Jeep reading a newspaper. Uh, the timestamp on the screen says uh, 60 hours earlier. There's a phone booth nearby, and the phone rings. Dean answers it. Dean says, hello. I am the Eggman. <laughs> Sam smiles and Dean rolls his eyes. Like, Dean whatever. says, seriously, yeah. Dean <laughs> says, seriously, Frank, pay phones. I mean, come on. I'm getting the clap off this thing just touching it. <laughs> Fred Savage, really? Yeah, no, I know. Big mouths are everywhere. Uh, well, since you asked, some actual intel on the Dick Roman guy would be nice. Uh, 
<laughs> Fine, all right. Yeah, good looking out. Frank hangs up, and Dean gets out of the booth and wipes his hands on his shirt. Dean says to Sam, I hope you find something quick. This whole protocol du jour thing's really creeping my cheese. <laughs> Sam what says, a weird thing to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sam like, says, what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what is your cheese? <laughs> Do I want to know what your cheese is? Probably not. Yeah, generally, you don't want to know what someone's cheese is. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, so we got dick on dick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, that's a vivid way of putting it. You find anything on Wonder Woman? Sam says, no, and there probably won't be. They're definitely gone. But Sam holds up the Wichita Sun newspaper. The headline is, Peculiar Deaths Baffles Authorities. Sam says, I might have found something over in Kansas. Dean says, all right, well, let's do it. But uh, a few simple rules, okay? No babies. <laughs> Sam smiles. Dean says, in fact, no baby mamas. No bars, no booze, no hot chicks of any kind. He is traumatized. <laughs> Sam says, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say... Dean says, hey, you spawn a baby... <laughs> Hey, you spawn a monster baby. See how quick you want to dive back into the pool. <laughs> I Dean, mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Dean walks over to another car. A sign on a nearby building reads, Welcome to Idaho. So we cut to a morgue. A doctor shows them uh, the body of a middle-aged man. The body is covered in circular raised sores of various sizes that look like uh, they've been made by tentacles. Sam and Dean are wearing their FBI suits. Dean says, ooh, those are not the fun kind of hickeys. <laughs> Sam says, you're saying an octopus did this? The doctor says, not just any octopus, based on welt diameter. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Interoctopus dofflini. <laughs> sure. Which is a kind of octopus, apparently. <laughs> Dean says, and for uh, those of us who skipped the interoctopus class... The doctor says, giant Pacific octopus. Dean like, says, why couldn't you have just said that to begin with? I know. Yeah. Dean says, how giant are we talking, Doc? The doctor says, approximately 30 feet. Sam laughs and says, I mean, aren't we giant octopus? <laughs> I'm struggling. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I mean, aren't giant octopi rare around here? The doctor says, yet here we are. Dean says, all right, so what happens? Guy comes home, cracks a beer, and gets suckered to death? <laughs> the doctor says, obviously this is some kind of fe freak fetish attack. <laughs> Someone created those hickey marks, then bled the man out. The doctor turns the dead man's head to show them a wound on the side of his throat. So we cut to the boys walking down a hallway. Dean says, that bite look a little vampy to you? Sam says, yeah, no question. Dean says, so what are we looking for? An octovamp? A vamptopus? <laughs> Sam says, That's just a weird word to me. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, that's crazy, even for us, right? Dean says, it does push the envelope. Let's go chat up the widow. So we cut to the widow's house. Sam and Dean have cups of coffee. Mrs. Harper is holding some Kleenex. Sam says, we're very sorry for your loss, ma'am. Dean says, Mrs. Harper, we know this is bad timing, but we just have a few routine questions that we need to ask you. Is that okay? Mrs. Harper says, yeah. Sam says, did the house feel any different lately? Mrs. Harper says, different? Dean says, anything strange? Cold spots? Uh, did you smell anything weird? Maybe sulfury? Mrs. Harper says, no, not that I can remember. 
Dean says, okay, we're just ticking all the boxes here. Um, what about any skeletons in your husband's closet? Mrs. Harper says, skeletons? What do you mean? Dean says, can you think of anyone who would want him, who would want to do him harm? A colleague, an old flame? Sam says, the tiniest detail could really help. Mrs. Harper says, you want to know what he was up to lately? Ask Stacy. She was here the night he died. Sam says, um, Stacy? <laughs> Mrs. Harper says, our nanny. Any other questions? <laughs> she is bitter. Yep. I mean, I would be too. I would, still. yeah. <laughs> Dean says, no, that's, thank you. You've been a big help. So <laughs> Sam and Dean get up to leave. Sam says, really appreciate the hospitality, ma'am. A young girl watches from the top of the stairs as Sam and Dean leave the house. Outside the house, Dean says, Mom, Dad, Nanny, boy, that is a love triangle right out of Casa Erotica. Of course, in those, the jealous wife tends to channel her feelings more productively. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Sam says, the only thing I can't wrap my mind around is, Dean says, what, how wife lady summoned an octovamp? <laughs> Sam says, more like why? I mean, it's kind of impractical, right? Dean says, yeah, all right, one of us needs to go talk to the naughty nanny. <laughs> Dean says, the other one stays here, shakes down the place when the wife leaves, see what we're dealing with. Sam says, all right, I'm on the nanny. Dean says, I'm on the nanny. <laughs> He's like, um, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I thought you said no hot chicks. Dean says, we don't know that she's hot. He's just hoping. <laughs> yep, Sam gives Dean a look and walks away. So we cut to inside the nanny's house. Dean says, now, uh, how would you describe your relationship with the deceased? The nanny says, I don't know, normal, I guess. Dean says, normal? The nanny says, well, I mostly dealt with Deborah. There was nothing going on, if that's what you mean. Dean says, Deborah said that you were at the house late that night, uh, or late the night that Brian died. The nanny says, yeah, Brian was working late, so I stayed with Kelly. She was pretty upset. Dean says, why is that? The nanny says, well, it was her birthday. We had a party at Plucky's. Dean says, Plucky's? Why does that sound familiar? The nanny says, Plucky, Penny Whistles, Magical Menagerie? Pizza chain for kids. Actually, more for lazy parents. Anyway, her dad showed up for five minutes, then he went back to work. And, of course, her mom was out of town. The stupid kid told Kelly her folks didn't really love her. She freaked. I was calming her down for hours. Dean says, uh, did you notice anything weird at the house? The nanny says, weird, like... Dean says, anything, even a bad feeling. The nanny says, no, nothing like that. Actually, Kelly does have a weird thing about closets, but that's just kid stuff. Dean says, try me. The nanny says, she thinks there's a monster in her closet. It drives everyone crazy. Outside the nanny's house, Dean calls Sam, who is watching Kelly play outside. Dean says, hey, we talked to the wrong person. Sam says, what? Dean says, yeah, forget the mom. Talk to the daughter. She's mad at her dad for ditching her birthday. Sam says, so what do you think? A birthday wish gone wrong? Something like that? Dean says, I don't know. It could be. Sam says, I got a 20 on her right now. Dean says, can you get her? That's not what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, can you get to her without tripping the Amber Alert? <laughs> Sam says, I'll try. Dean says, all right, see what you can find out. Sam approaches Kelly, who is drawing an octopus with chalk on the ground. Sam says, what you working on there? Kelly says, I know who you are. Sam says, you do. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Kelly says, mm-hmm, you're the guy that talked to my mom. Sam says, that's right, I did. Mrs. Harper from inside the house says, Kelly, where are you, honey? Sam says, something wrong? Kelly says, my mom will get mad if I talk to you. Sam says, how come? Kelly says, because of what I told the police. Sam says, and what did you tell the police? Kelly says, I told them that I tried to warn my dad that the monster would get him. 
Mrs. Harper opens the front door and says, Kelly, come here now, Kelly. Kelly runs inside the house. Mrs. Harper looks pissed off at Sam and closes the door. Sam looks at the picture Kelly drew, an octopus with sharp-ass teeth. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of like a kraken, almost. Yeah. So Less, we, like, I don't know, Cthulhu-esque, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we cut to a park at night. A man in a bathrobe is being chased by a freaking unicorn <laughs> through the park. <laughs> he jumps over a fence and then leans back against it, panting. He is suddenly impaled through the chest by the unicorn horn. He got pegged by Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. I like it. Uh, the horn withdraws and the man falls to the ground dead. A light runs up from uh, a light runs up the horn from the base to the tip, and there's a twinkling sound. The unicorn neighs and then runs away with rainbows shooting out from its butt. <laughs> it's got ass rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> it does have ass rainbows. I want ass rainbows. I, it's much more preferable to whatever else comes out of people's asses. <laughs> I know. I would take rainbows any day. <laughs> For over real. all the other things. Yeah. <laughs> So we cut to the workshop where Sam is being harassed by clowns. Uh, the timestamp says now. The second clown goes closer to Sam, clapping his hands once. Sam punches the second clown, then kicks the first clown. Sam says, if it bleeds, you can kill it. And he points his gun at the second clown, but it just laughs. He shoots the clown twice, and glitter flies out from him instead of blood. The clown is awesome. uninjured. Yeah. <laughs> Both clowns laugh. The second clown knocks the gun out of Sam's hand and punches him three times, sending Sam falling to the, toward the first clown. The first clown pushes Sam at the second clown, who catches Sam and holds him while the first clown uh, headbutts him. Both clowns laugh and laugh. <laughs> Poor Sam. Very creepy. Cut I wouldn't like clowns after that either. Nope. Cut to the unicorn crime scene. Dean wearing his FBI suit checks out the hole made in the fence by the unicorn's horn. An ambulance and a CSI officer are at the scene. The timestamp says 36 hours earlier. Dean says, huh, to the police officer. He says, hey, uh, okay, so the horse I get, the hoof prints, the jumping over the fence, but uh, what ran him through? The police officer says, best thing I could tell you is something big. Dean says, so what, like a lance? The police officer shrugs. The dead man's body is rolled towards the ambulance on a stretcher. A woman is standing next to the ambulance. The police officer says, it's sad. Lady's got to pull her friggin' eight-year-old out of school and tell him his dad's dead. Dean says, excuse me. Dean approaches the woman who is being escorted away by another officer and holds up his FBI badge. Dean says, excuse me, ma'am. Agent Jones, FBI. The widow says, I'm sorry. I really need to go. Dean says, okay, uh, just one quick question, if you don't mind. Uh, was yesterday your son's birthday? The widow says, Billy's birthday? No, why would you ask that? Dean says, nothing. Never mind. The widow says, oh, but his father did take him to a friend's birthday party yesterday. We cut to the boys' motel room. Sam's phone rings. It's Dean. Sam says, hey. Dean says, hey, you remember a chain called Plucky Penny Whistles? Sam says, no. <laughs> Dean says, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, really? Could have sworn you love those places. Sam says, no, dude, I hated them. Uh, you would dummy... <laughs> That's not what he says. Okay. <laughs> he says, you would dump me and go trolling for chicks. <laughs> Dean says, it's not like I left you in jail. I mean, those places are supposed to be fun. Sam says, fun? Oh, they're lame. And they smell like puke. And the ice cream is all grainy. <laughs> Dean says, all right, don't have one of your episodes, okay? 
<laughs> I'm just saying, I hit a dead end with this whole wishes gone wild thing, but both kids were at Plucky's day of, uh, Plucky's day of. Look, why don't you go check out the local Plucky's and ask about this Billy kid? Sam says, look, man, why don't I just, why don't I just wait for you to get back? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dean says, no can do. I'm on my way to talk to little, little Billy. Sam says, why don't I go talk to little Billy right now? Dean laughs and says, wait, wait, wait. This isn't about your clown thing, is it? Sam says, what? <laughs> no. Dean says, Sammy? Sam says, no. <laughs> Dean says, yeah. What in the world did they ever do to you? Uh, all right. You know what? Never mind. Just know that 99% of clowns can't hurt you. Okay? And if it bleeds, you can kill it. Dean shakes his head and hangs up. Sam whispers, if it bleeds, you can kill it. <laughs> so we cut to outside Plucky Pennywhistle's magical menagerie. A sign on the awning of the building reads, where all your dreams are good. <laughs> Which is just stupid. That's the most uh, wrong statement I've I know. ever heard. Where all your dreams are good. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Sam is sitting in the Jeep staring at the building. He says, I'm too old for this. So he enters the building. A recorded message says, Welcome to Plucky Penny Whistles. Have fun. Sam flinches at a large picture of a clown on the wall. He walks to the ticket counter, which is manned by a staff member named Howard. He passes a mechanical clown that laughs and says, Welcome to, to Plucky Penny Whistles. To Plucky's. To Plucky's. <laughs> <laughs> Howard says, Welcome to Plucky's, where all your dreams are good. Sam says, Could you just uh, maybe... And he holds up his FBI badge. He says, just get the manager for me. Howard nods and walks away. Sam says, okay. And he walks further into the room, past the mechanical clown, and a clown-shaped sign that says, you must be this tall to play here. He's freaking out a little bit. A person in a lion costume poses for a photograph. A young woman employee crouches down next to a young boy who is seated at a table. The woman says, I just need you to stay sane for three more hours, okay? Here, finish your homework. The woman walks away. Her name tag says Libby. The young boy says, like I can concentrate in here. He's so sassy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this little boy's got attitude. Mm. Sam looks at a wall covered in paper placemats that say, draw your, draw your worst fear. Plucky will make your fear disappear. The drawings include a shark and a bunch of monsters. A name tag on the wall says Kelly Harper. The manager comes up. Uh, her name is Jean. She says, uh, real beauties, huh? We rotate them out once a week. Kids love having their art on the wall. Sam says, draw your worst fear. Jean says, I know, but we don't post the truly evil stuff, just the standard crap like sharks and ghosts. Jean holds out a hand to Sam and says, Jean Holiday, shift manager. They shake hands. Sam says, Johnson, FBI. So tell me, why even ask the kids to draw creepy stuff to begin with? Jean says, it's just an exercise some pop psychologist came up with. Plus, the owner's obsessed with aiding children's development. So the placemat is a safe way to get kids to talk about their fears. You know, we get them to sketch it in a little box, and voila! Plucky magically transforms it into rainbows and candy. Personally, I think it's a load of hooey. But <laughs> they say that if these fears run wild, then it affects kids long into their adulthood. A sounds like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, a laughing clown walks between Jean and Sam and gets very close to Sam. Sam leans away and says, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Uh, so I don't know if you'll remember, but there was a kid in here yesterday named Billy Pogue for a party. Jean says, oh, the conniption kid. 
Sam says, conniption. He, he had, Jean says, no, no, not him. He was fine. It was his dad. He pulls the kid away before cake and presents, and I guess the kid has to stay for another five minutes. The bad, the bad, the dad mm-hmm. pulls a full frontal douchebag, starts screaming, just embarrassed for the kid. She walks away. Sam makes a call on his phone. As he's waiting for it to be answered, a janitor whistles to attract his attention. The janitor says, hey, and whistles again. He says, hey. The janitor looks around to see if anyone is watching. Sam ends the call and walks over to the janitor. The janitor says, you a cop? Sam says, uh, yeah, I'm a fed. The janitor says, uh, what are you investigating? Sam says, a couple of crazy deaths. Why, is there something you want to share? The janitor says, look, not now. Too many eyes. Come back after closing. So we cut to the boys' motel room. He's looking room. shady. Yeah, he is. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we cut to the boys' motel room. Uh, Dean is unpacking some takeout. Sam walks in. Dean says, hey, so what's the lowdown with Trauma Town? <laughs> Dean smiles. <laughs> Sam says, I can tell you this much. Neither Vic was up for parent of the year. Kelly's dad skipped her birthday, and Billy's dad pulled one of these dick parent scenes that makes everyone cringe. Sam puts some of the fear placemats from Plucky Penny Whistles down in front of Dean. Dean says, what the hell are these? Sam says, kid therapy. Uh, draw your worst nightmare, and poof, Plucky fixes it. Um, they hang them on this big wall. Dean says, well, I can't argue with this. Leprechauns are deadly. Dean says, okay, so Kelly draws a monster, and then that goes after her father. That's what we're saying? Sam says, well, here's the thing. They label those, and guess which two are missing? Well, name tags were there. No placemat. Dean says, Little Miss Octovamp. Sam says, yeah, and Billy. So somehow, whatever he drew came to life and killed his dad, riding a horse. Dean says, close, but no sea biscuit. See, I went and had a little <laughs> chat with Billy, and he drew me this. Dean unfolds a piece of paper that has a unicorn with, rainbow, with a rainbow tail drawn on it. A person is impaled on the unicorn's horn. Sam says, wait, so now unicorns are evil? Dean says, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Sam says, great. Well, now the question is, how did a unicorn come off off a sketch and kill Billy's dad? How's any of this happening? So we cut to inside Plucky's at night. Jean is counting money. The janitor walks by and says, well, that's it for me. Guess I'll head out. Jean says, "Uh, one more thing. Some kid puked in the ball pit. It's going to need a full sanitation. Do that, and then you can clock out. So we cut to inside the ball pit. The janitor is knee-deep in balls. (laughs) (laughs) And here's where we go off the rails. (laughs) He's using a suction tube to suck up the balls. From the ball pit from hell. (laughs) Something moves under the balls behind him. The janitor uh, says, ah, and he reaches a hand down to one leg. When he pulls his hand up, it's covered with blood. He looks around the ball pit. Bloody balls. Oh, no. He looks around the ball pit. Something grabs him from behind and pulls him down as he yells. He gets back to his feet. Something moves under the balls in front of him. He tries to get to the side of the pit, but he's dragged back. He tries again to get out and is dragged under the balls. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together <laughs> I know I'm having a hard time <laughs> oh, The janitor reappears Then is pulled under the balls again A moment later Blood splatters against the glass wall of the ball pit <laughs> I just said balls so many times 
is good. <laughs> okay, so we cut to some time later. Sam and Dean arrive at Plucky's in casual clothes. Um, two police cars and an ambulance are outside the building. EMTs wheel the janitor's body, covered with a sheet, out of the building on a stretcher. Jean Holt... Jean? <laughs> there is a Jean in this episode, but I meant to say Dean. A Jensen Dean? <laughs> yep. Dean holds up his FBI badge and says, Hold on a second there, guys. Sam is talking to Jean a distance away. Uh, Sam says, Keep in touch. Dean looks under the sheet. Sam says, uh, Thank you. And Sam walks over to Dean. Dean says, So? Sam says, The manager found the body in the ball pit. Blood everywhere. Dean says, cops have a theory? Sam says, yeah, they think the ball washer did it. <laughs> Dean says, the what? Sam says, the, the ball washer. <laughs> Dean smiles and says, the what? <laughs> Sam says, the ball. Dean says, look at this. And he lifts the sheet covering the janitor's body. <laughs> Which, okay, when I was watching this, I immediately went from ball washer to he's like, hey, look, something. And like, I was like, what are you showing him? <laughs> Oh my god. Like, uh, yep. anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, where am I? Dean says, thank you, gentlemen. And the EMTs wheel the body away. Dean says, that's a shark bite. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, and judging by the radius, I'd say a 20-footer at least. Sam looks skeptical. <laughs> Dean says, shark week, man. How do you not watch that? Sam walks away. Dean says, whole week of sharks. See, here's the thing. I think Dean, out of the two of them, Dean is the geeky one or the nerdy one, but Sam is the smart one. Oh, for sure. You know, like, yeah. Sam is the one that's able to come up with all the information and all that sort of stuff, but Dean is the one that knows all about, like, Star Trek and all that sort of, you know, like, yeah. it, it's kind of funny because everybody's like, oh, Sam's the geek. It's like, not really, though. Like, yeah. Dean definitely is. Mm -hmm. Sam's just the smart one. Yep. Agreed. Um, the boys go inside Plucky's and check out the fear placemats using flashlights. Sam takes a name tag off the wall and says, Omar Cooper, how much do you want about little Omar here was scared of sharks? Dean says, Saul the janitor is connected how? I mean, he's not related to Omar. Sam says, no, but Saul had something he wanted to tell me. Dean says, so this isn't about ganking some dickweed parent. Sam says, more like silencing a whistleblower. Dean says, great, so whatever we're looking for can literally fire off children's fears at will. Wow, watch out for evil lunch ladies. <laughs> Sam is holding his EMF reader. He says, all right, let's comb this place. Sam walks away. Dean takes an EMF reader out of his pocket and says, seriously, Dractopus, Seabiscuit the Impaler, Landshark, what's next? <laughs> so we cut to daytime outside of Plucky's. A car pulls up and parks. Libby is driving. Uh, the young boy is drawing in the passenger seat. Libby says, okay, Tyler, that's it. You got to take the bus from here. Tyler says, but I thought. Libby says, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm late. Libby takes some coins out from her purse and gives them to Tyler. She says, here. Tyler gets out of the car. Libby says, stay out of trouble. And she gets out of the car. The camera pans in on Tyler's drawing on the passenger seat. It's a giant robot with red beams coming out of its eyes. Two people are running away and a car is upside down. So we cut to Sam in a warehouse. Um... The timestamp says now. Sam goes flying through the air and lands on a large pickup truck, breaking the windshield. One clown pulls Sam off the hood of the truck, and the other kicks Sam in the stomach. The first clown catches him, turns him around, and kicks him back towards the second clown. Sam grabs a tire iron from the pickup in his right hand and hits the clown with his left hand. It falls down. Sam hits the first clown with a tire iron. 
The clown takes a step back, but then points with the flourish behind Sam to the second clown. The second clown is juggling some sharp objects. It lunges at Sam with one of them. So we cut to the boys' motel room. Dean is looking through John's journal. The timestamp says four hours earlier. Sam says, maybe, oh, Sam is researching on his laptop. <laughs> Sorry. He says, maybe a tulpa? Dean says, no, killings are too spread out. Sam says, true. Um, Angel? Dean says, it's a little imaginative for the God Squad, don't you think? Sam sighs and says, all right, so what? Dean says, yeah, I don't know. I'm tapped out. Sam says, well, whatever it is, at least we know where it is. Dean says, pluckies. <laughs> He's like, yay! <laughs> Sam says, that's where the victims are getting picked up. Dean says, yeah, but we swept the place last night in nada. Sam says, I can go back, go to the employees, maybe dig up some dirt. Dean says, what good's that going to do? They think you're a fed. The one guy who was going to rat, he got bruised. If anyone knows anything, they're not going to tell you. Sam says, all right. Uh, yep, that's the plan. I'll go back, play bad cop, really lean into them. Dean says, and? Sam says, and when I'm done, then you watch them. Dean says, so if somebody freaks out, then that's our creep. Sam says, or he'll lead us closer and you can track him. Dean says, well, what's my cover? Sam says, I don't know, just hang back, act normal. Sam goes into the bathroom and closes the door. Dean says, yeah, yeah, a guy in his 30s hanging out at Plucky's alone. That's normal. That's yeah. not pervy at all. <laughs> I know, like, um, I'm pretty sure somebody would call the cops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we cut to Plucky's. It's daytime. Jean is talking to another employee. She says, so it doesn't matter what people say. We've roped it off. I've notified the powers that be. Everyone's aware. Sam walks up and clears his throat really loudly. Jean says, just no one goes in the... Sam says, hi. Jean says, Agent, I bet I know why you're here. Sam says, how's business? Jean says, turns out not even grim flipping death can slow down the birthday fun. <laughs> Sam says, oh. Jean says, we've roped off the ball pit, though, until corporate can get here. I just can't believe the machine fritzed and did saw in like that. Sam says, yeah, that makes two of us. I'm going to need to talk to some of your employees. Jean says, like who? Sam says, like you. <laughs> Okay, CSI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so Gene and Sam go into the back. Gene is sitting at a table in the restaurant area watching. A girl walks past him carrying a large rainbow-colored slinky. Dean looks excited and goes to the shop area. <laughs> Howard is behind the counter. Behind him are shelves stacked with, stocked with toys, including the giant slinky. Below the slinky, a sign reads, 1,000. Howard says, howdy, friend. Dean raises a hand towards the giant slinky and says, Giant slinky? Would have killed for one of those when I was a kid. How much? Howard says, 1,000 tickets. Dean says, American dinero. How much? Howard says, oh, we don't take cash here at Plucky Penny Whistles. Only tickets went through hard work and determination. <laughs> Dean says, you mainline the Kool-Aid, huh? <laughs> Howard laughs. Dean looks unhappy. Howard says, it's double ticket Tuesday if you play skee-ball. A boy walks up to the counter holding a bunch of tickets. Howard says, howdy, friend. So we cut to Plucky's break room. Gene is sitting at a table. Sam is standing up. He says, so where were you last night? Gene says, well, here, obviously. I found him, but I was by the cash register the whole time. There's a security camera pointed right at the counter. The cops already looked at it. Sam says, uh-huh, and you heard nothing. Gene says, I heard the ball blaster. <laughs> 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 I didn't hear him. If I did, I would have run in, of course. Sam says, yeah, right, right. So that's your excuse. Gene says, my what? Look, I know I'm new to this job, but I'm... 
Sam says, what? How new? Jean says, couple of weeks. I just got promoted. Sam says, huh, so uh, was there a lot of competition for the gig? Jean says, I guess. It comes with benefits. The bosses had us all write essays uh, about how we would do our best for the kids, and they picked me. Don't be shocked, but I actually did two semesters of college, so I'm not in any kind of trouble, am I? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything, though? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I guess it's like you don't... I guess she's thinking, like, they wouldn't expect somebody who went to college to be working at a place like that. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. Sam says, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Jean says, look, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. And, I mean, it's not as if I'd ever, ever do anything illegal. Sam slams a hand down on the table and leans over close to Jean. Sam says, sure you wanted. <laughs> so we cut back to Dean. A ball hits the 30 ring on the skee-ball machine, and Dean smiles. He tears off the three tickets that come out of the machine and is not pleased. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? <laughs> Dean comes out of the break room. Dean tosses another ball, which goes into the 100 ring, but he doesn't wait to collect the tickets. He follows Jean as she grabs a coat, goes outside through the employee's only door. She lights up a joint. Was it a joint or was it a cigarette? It I was thought it was a, a cigarette. It was definitely a joint. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> so we cut back to Sam. He gets a text from Dean uh, saying, High Times is not our gal. Howard is sitting at the table reading Sam's FBI business card. Howard says, Special agent? Wow. I want you to know, sir, that I really appreciate what you do. And Sam says, Quiet. Mm -hmm. So we cut back to the ski ball machine. A boy is kneeling on the machine and putting the balls directly into the rings. Tyler says, hey, stop cheating. The boy looks at Tyler but goes back to what he was doing. Dean says, you heard him. Knock it off. The boy gets off the machine and runs away. He's like, ah! <laughs> Tyler and Dean together say, jackass. <laughs> Tyler and Dean look at each other and Dean smiles. Libby walks to towards, <laughs> towards Tyler carrying a piece of pizza on a plate. Libby says, Tyler, soup's on. Tyler walks over to the table and sits down. Dean takes the tickets from the skee-ball machine left by the boy who was cheating. Mm. Tyler says, but mom, I don't want... Libby says, just eat it. Tyler says, but it sucks. Mm. Libby sighs and walks away. Tyler moves a plate to one side and then picks up a pencil to start drawing on a placemat. Dean says, hey, why don't you cut her some slack? Tyler says, what do you care? Dean says, because I've been where you are. Tyler says, your mom made you camp at a stupid pluckies after school? Dean says, y no, no, but my dad, he hauled me places. Besides, she's working a tough gig. You know, she's exhausted. You should take pity on the old. And hey, free grub. <laughs> take pity on the old. Yep. <laughs> what is she, like, 35, maybe? Maybe, you know? yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tyler says, that stuff tastes like butt. Dean says, what? Come on, it can't be that bad. Dean picks up Tyler's plate and says, let's see here. He takes a bite of the pizza and chews. Dean says, ah, and then spits the pizza out. <laughs> he says, that is butt. Dean puts the plate down and Tyler smiles. Dean looks at Tyler's drawing, which is of a robot with red laser eyes. Dean says, are you scared of robots? Tyler says, they have laser eyes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, yes. <laughs> okay, Mandroid. Yeah, Mandroid. <laughs> <laughs> Howard walks by from the break room. A kid tugs on his vest from behind. The, the, the kid says, excuse me. Howard says, howdy, friend. What's your name? Howard and the child shake hands. The kid says, Evan. Howard says, hi. Dean takes out his phone and texts Sam. So we cut to Sam in the break room. Sam gets a text uh, from Dean's cell that says, nope. 
and someone in a lion costume is sitting at a table. Sam is standing. He says, lose the head. <laughs> a young man takes off the head of the costume. Sam says, why'd you do it? The young man says, do what? Sam says, I think you know. The young man says, He's like, I, I really don't, though. <laughs> yeah. The young man says, I got rights. You can't. Sam loudly shoves the chair on the other side of the table out of the way and leans with his hands on the table. Sam says, I'm the federal government, pal. I can do whatever I want. The young man holds up his hands and says, okay, I'll talk. Sam takes a step back from the table. The young man throws the lion's head at him and runs for the door. Sam yells, Dean! <laughs> the young man runs past Dean. Dean and Sam pursue. Um, Sam stops for a moment when his path is blocked by a clown. The young man runs out the employee's only door, followed by the boys. The young man rounds a corner, and Dean gets closer. Dean says, hey, hey, come here, and he grabs the tail of the lion costume. It comes off in his hand, and he throws it away. Dean says, hey, and he tackles the young man into a pile of tires and then holds him down. Ow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, like, roll around a little bit with the tires. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Everybody's rolling. <laughs> Uh, the young man says, if this is about the meth lab that fireballed up in Butte, it wasn't me. Okay, it was my brother, but um, we got the same fingerprints. And please, this is the best job I ever had. <laughs> Dean says, all right, look. Uh, and the young man says, Cliff. Dean says, Cliff, you're not using kids' nightmares to smoke people, are you, Cliff? Cliff says, I don't think so. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Dean looks up at Sam. And Dean says, get up. And he helps Cliff to his feet. Cliff says, what's going on? Dean says, all right, cards up. Yeah, we don't care that you, you know, broke bad or whatever, but there's some seriously weird going on up in there. Cliff says, you mean the sub-basement? Sam says, this place has a sub-basement? Cliff says, sure, doors out back. Doors out back. Easy to miss if you don't know. Dean says, what's in there? Cliff says, all I know is me and Saul used to come in after hours sometimes, and... You have a shroom in a ball pit? <laughs> Not that I would, agents. It was Saul. Just Saul. All alone. I mean, what? Anyway, <laughs> sometimes we'd hear, like, spooky stuff through the vents coming up from the boiler room. So we cut to Plucky's game and food area. Libby walks towards Tyler's table. She puts her arm around Tyler's shoulders, and they walk together. Libby says, okay, kiddo, let's go. Tyler says, but somebody stole it. Libby stops and holds Tyler's face in her hands. Sam and Dean are watching. Libby says, so draw another one, okay? We gotta go. Libby takes Tyler's hand. Tyler sees Dean, who gives Tyler a look. Tyler says, okay, I'm sorry. Libby says, thank you. Tyler says, that place... like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Tyler says, that placemat sucked anyway. And Libby and Tyler walk away. Dean walks over to Tyler's table and looks at the blank placemats on it. Sam says, Dean, what, what is it? Dean says, while you're out being dirty Harry, Tyler's mom got pissy with him and now his placemat's missing. Sam says, so what do you think? Dean says, I think the bitchy mom plus the sad kid plus placemat with something nuts written on it equals wacky corpse. Sam says, so you think she's next, next on the list? All right, I'll tell them just to be safe. Dean says, check the boiler room. I know. Sam says, right. Sam walks away but then turns back. Sam says, oh, uh, Dean... Uh, hey, any idea what he drew? Dean says, robot. Sam says, robot? Dean says, yeah, about the size of a house. Shoots destructo beams out of its eyes. Sam says, at least I'll see it coming. Dean says, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So we cut to Plucky's boiler room. 
Dean enters and looks around using a flashlight. There's a large pot with a fire burning in the center of it, of the room. Dean says, now that's perfectly normal. <laughs> it's like a giant walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm hungry. Oh, you know what? I want sushi. <laughs> I still want sushi, too. <sighs> Dean continues to look around and see his kids' drawings on the wall. One is of a boy underwater. Next to it is a photograph of two little boys with a birthday cake. The decorations say, Happy birthday, Howard. Three dolls are on a table next to an open spell book. Dean closes the book. Under it is Tyler's placemat with a drawing of the robot. Suddenly, Howard is there. He says, Drop it. Dean turns and sees that Howard is holding a gun. Howard says, Drop it. Dean puts his gun on the floor. Howard says, Mm-hmm, now kick it over. Dean kicks the gun towards Howard and says, some pretty heavy hoodoo you got here. I gotta say, as far as I know, none of these things uh, can poop out a unicorn. <laughs> Howard walks still closer. He and Dean are on opposite sides of the pot with the flames. Howard says, there's power in fear, and when a child draws what he's afraid of, a little of that mojo ends up on the page. Dean says, so what, you toss it in the fire and some bedwetter's horror show comes to life? Howard says, I gotta get something off the parents, too. Something they own. That bit gets tricky. Dean says, well, it hasn't seemed to slow you down. Howard says, I'm just doing what I need to. Dean says, okay, okay, I get it, okay? Dean throws the book from the table at Howard. Howard spins out of the way. Dean rips the placemat with the robot drawing in half. Dean says, no drawing, no iron giant. Dean crumples the two halves of the drawing and tosses them on the floor. Howard says, oh, that B word is still on the list, but not tonight. Bigger fish. Dean says, what, are you going to shoot me, Howard? You really want a body on your hands? Blood everywhere? Howard says, I'd shut up, because I got lots of ways to take care of bullies. Don't you worry. Like that FBI guy. He's your pal, right? I saw you chase Cliff down. Five minutes ago, his business card was forged, along with something from my personal collection. Howard picks up several placemats with kids' drawings and says, I picked out a real special. I picked it out real special for him, too. So we cut to outside Libby's house. Libby gets out of her car. Sam is watching from the Jeep nearby. Howard says to Dean, as soon as I saw him, I noticed. He was staring at every little plucky like it was going to stab him or something. <laughs> Sam gets out of the Jeep. A clown appears in front of him. He gasps. Howard says, guy's got a real thing about clowns. The clown steps towards Sam, laughing. So we cut to the warehouse. Sam bursts through the door. Timestamp says, right friggin' now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the best timestamps yeah. ever in the show. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam slams the door behind him and moves the metal objects in front of it. He hears a crash and turns to see that the clown has followed him in. It laughs. Sam starts to walk away from the clown, but the second clown, who is also laughing, has appeared in front of him. Sam stops and the second clown supernaturally zooms closer. <laughs> Sam shoots the zoomies. Yep. Sam shoots the second clown and glitter flies everywhere. The second clown punches Sam twice. Cut back to the boiler room. Dean says... Well, hey, these are really nice dolls. Did you paint them yourself? And he picks up the clown doll. Howard doesn't answer. Dean says, uh-oh, friggin' Plucky. Howard says, Plucky helps kids. It's all I ever wanted to do. And when the management slot opened up, but they passed me over. Dean says, shocker. <laughs> Howard says, no, I told them. No one cares more than me. Dean puts the doll back on the table. Howard says, but suits never listen. Dean slips the doll into the back pocket of his jeans, and Howard says, so I'm doing it my way. Dean says, so let me get this straight. You didn't get the good parking space, so you started dropping bodies. Howard says, those parents were horrible. They deserved what they got. Dean says, what about Saul? 
Howard says, Saul had a big mouth. Cut to the workshop. The second clown is holding Sam from behind. Sam headbutts it. The first clown sprays Sam with water from a flower on its jacket. <laughs> Cut back to Dean. He says, some guy hits on the babysitter and all of a sudden he's world's worst dad. Howard says, a good parent puts his kids first. Dean says, and having a little girl watch her pop get ganked by the closet monster, that's putting her first? <laughs> Howard says, in the long run, they'll all be better off. Dean says, you think so? Really? Howard says, I would have been. Dean turns to look at the pictures on the wall. In one, a stick figure is below the surface of the water, while a second stick figure swims on the surface. In another, a person is well below the surface and is surrounded by fish. Then Dean looks at the photo of the two little boys with the birthday cake. Dean says, so your brother, what happened to him? Howard says, it's not my fault, it's theirs. Cut back to Sam. He hits the windshield of the pickup truck. One clown pulls Sam off the hood. The other kicks Sam in the stomach. Sam raises his left arm to hit the second clown. And then Sam hits the first clown with a tire iron. He's getting so beat up. <laughs> Poor guy. By his worst nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And it keeps going on. Yeah. <laughs> Cut back to Dean. Uh, he's looking at the drawing still. He says, looks to me like he drowned. Howard says, I was screaming, but my folks, they didn't listen. They never listened. Dean says, it was an accident. Howard said, they let him die. So cut back to Sam. He ducks as the second clown takes a swing at him. Then he hits that clown with a tire iron. The second clown tosses the wrench it is holding to the first clown, and the first clown hits Sam with it. Sam goes down, but gets back to his feet and hits the first clown in the groin with the tire iron. He then hits the second clown across the face with the tire iron. A large tooth flies from its mouth with a bunch of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Dean. He takes the picture of the person underwater with the fish off the wall and holds it up to Howard. Dean says, I bet you still have nightmares. In fact, I bet you haven't been in the water since. Howard says, shut up. Dean says, because you're afraid. Dean quickly takes a clown doll out of his back pocket and then puts both the drawing and the doll in the fire. Howard says, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Howard shoots at Dean three times as Dean drops to the floor and then draws his gun. Then he and Howard both freeze. A young boy with three bullet holes in his shirt has appeared. The bullet holes closed and the young boy moves closer to Howard. Howard says, it wasn't my fault. The young boy continues to walk towards Howard. Howard says, I'm sorry. Dean gets to his feet. The young boy reaches for Howard's right hand, which is holding his gun. Howard, fall Howard falls to his knees and makes choking sounds. Howard begins to splutter water. Uh, water keeps coming from Howard's mouth, and the paper and the doll continue to burn. Cut back to Sam. The first clown runs at Sam, holding a large metal bar. Sam raises a wrench to defend himself. The second clown moves towards Sam from behind. As the clowns reach Sam, they both vanish in an explosion of glitter. <laughs> so much crafter. <laughs> yeah. Sam looks around in confusion and spits glitter out of his mouth. We cut to outside Plucky's. Dean is leaning against his car. Sam pulls up in his Jeep and gets out. He's still covered in glitter. Dean walks a few steps towards him. Sam says, let's roll. Sam spreads his arms wide and says, go ahead, say it. Dean laughs and says, I'm sorry. Sam smiles. Dean says, you look like you got attacked by some PCP crazed strippers. <laughs> Sam says, dude, one of them sprayed me with seltzer from his flower. He's like, ew. Yeah. Dean laughs even louder. Sam looks surprised at Dean's reaction. Dean says, I'm, whew, what? <laughs> Sam says nothing. Carry on. 
Dean says, oh, that's Sam. I'm sorry for psychologically scarring you. Sam says, which time? Dean says, shut up. Seriously, you know, me ditching you when we were kids. That was a dick move. You know, the whole clown thing. Sam says, you know what, man? Honestly, getting my ass kicked, getting my ass kicked <laughs> by those juggalos tonight was, uh, yeah, it was therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Dean says, you faced your fear. Sam says, exactly. And now what else could a clown possibly ever do to me? I feel good. Well. <laughs> well there are more things a clown could do to you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Dean says, well, congrats. Sam says, by the way, to celebrate. Dean says, what? Sam takes the giant slinky out of the Jeep and walks towards Dean. Dean says, no. Yes. Sam says, yes. And he gives the giant slinky to Dean and walks to the passenger door of the car. Dean says, did you win this? Sam says, we earned that. (laughs) He's like, I took it, damn it. (laughs) Dean laughs again. Uh, And Dean walks to the driver's side of the car and says, hey, I got you a little something too, actually. And he puts the giant slinky on the roof of the car and reaches into the car for a clown doll, which he tosses to Sam. Sam shudders and holds it up. (laughs) Dean says, what? You said you were over it. You can think of it as clown phobia sobriety chip. (laughs) They drive away. The clown doll is lying on the road. It winks, and we hear the sound of a clown laughing quietly. It winked? It winks. I didn't see the wink. I heard the laugh. Yeah, it totally winks. Oh. And credits. (laughs) Okay, so I pretty much just have one thought. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think Supernatural has ruined ball pits for me. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Definitely has. Not that I ever really planned on going back into one ever if I could help it. But still, you know, like, I will extra avoid them now. Yeah, and who's the ball washer? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, like, the janitor's job? To wash the balls? I would assume so, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, like, their job to clean, right? Yeah. So That would be miserable. That would suck. Washing every <laughs> single ball? God. I wonder how that actually, like, if that is, like, an actual machine that they, like, suck them suck up them into, up. Yeah. and then it, like, you know, like, sends them through something and then spits them back out or something like that. I but hope then, like, there's a machine for it. But, like, either that or they, they would just have to, like stir it like a giant pot and like spray some stuff over it you know like spray lice all over the thing and stir it to coat them all you know like that's the only other thing I could think of but here's the other thing is like when I was a kid I was always disturbed by how sticky they always were oh yeah (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. (coughs) I'm getting way too worked up here about the ball pit but (laughs) but yeah like I never I don't really remember liking them too much, like, at first, because you'd get in there and everything was sticky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't right. Yeah. None of it was right. <laughs> I don't really remember having a sticky problem. <laughs> sticky balls. Sticky balls. <laughs> yeah, I never remember, I don't remember ever holding up these balls and being like, these balls are sticky. No, I just remember, like, because you touch them, right, as you're, like, kind of going through, and, like, just remember feeling, like, sticky when I left. Yeah, I never had that sticky problem. Oh. I. What balls were you in? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you, honestly. I mean, I remember vaguely going to some, like, you know play places and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you if it was, like, 
a Chuck E. Cheese, if it was like... I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. You're not missing much. Killian, Eric took Killian once, and now he's like dying to go back, and I'm like, I'm not going. Yeah. I mean, the rat is kind of creepy. Yeah. Or I don't know if he's a rat or a mouse. I don't know. I just remember the one time I went, well, not the one time I went to Chuck E. Cheese. I think I went a couple of times for, like, different friends' birthday parties or whatever. But one of the times that I went, I think probably the last one, I remember the person dressed as Chucky was, like, (laughs) it was the mangiest looking mouse costume I've ever seen. Like, the fur wasn't looking so good anymore. It just, I mean, the rat looked really ratty, and you're just kind of like, ooh. I don't like it. Like, he did, like, no. It's like, that thing needed to be replaced, like, ten years ago. Can you not? Like, talk about a threadbare (laughs) mascot, you know? It was just, like, the sketchiest thing, and I remember just kind of being, like, you know, like, <laughs> they're like, go say hi to Chucky. I'm like, no thanks. You know, like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. That's not great. I think what it was is it was one of my friend's younger brothers or something because there's a few of us that um, we were all the same age and we had younger brothers that were also the same age. I see. So, like, we were friends. The younger brothers were friends. And it was probably, like, one of the younger brother's birthday parties or something like that. And I just remember kind of being, like, over it, but mm-hmm. being, like, weirded out by the rat, you know? Like, yeah. Like, if it was, like, at least fluffy or whatever. Like, I don't have a problem with mascots, but it was, like, not good looking. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, man. Probably... Probably when they were talking about the ball washer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was pretty good. That was a good one. I also really liked it when Sam got squirted in the face with the seltzer water from the flower. (laughs) He got... Just because they're fucking with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just the hee-hee-hee-hee. Yeah. He's just like, ah! Uh, Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, I liked when they were talking about the ball washer, too. That was kind of funny. But my... I think my favorite episode... Or episode. My favorite moment in the episode was when they had the timestamp that was like, right friggin' now! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that just, was fun. It just kind of tickled me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, our interesting facts from this one, um, it's, a, whoops, wrong one, no, <laughs> it ran off. There oh, we no. go. Okay, so it says, um, Dean discourages Sam from returning to Plucky's, saying, the one guy who was gonna rat, he got Bruce. Um, he's referring to the mechanical shark Bruce from the horror classic Jaws from 1975. Oh, okay. I didn't know. That's kind of funny because Nemo, in Nemo, the shark's name is Bruce, too. I wonder if oh, they did that on purpose. I'm sure they did. Probably. That's fun. I've never actually seen Jaws, though. Oh, I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was terrifying. I mean, I could see that being scary as a kid. I don't know about now, but, mm-hmm. um... It says, the theme music slash song heard while Sam is at Plucky Penny Whistles is the same music used in the season seven gag reel. Oh. Which would make sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Because I was going to say, well, would they put it in the gag reel first? No, they would have come from this episode, and then mm-hmm. they just picked it up from that. But, anyway. 
Um, it says, before Sam shoots one of the clowns, he says, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Um, which is a reference to the movie Predator from 1987. Oh, I didn't know that. And I've seen Predator a lot. Did we have... Oh, no, you didn't have me watch that. It was Slither, I think. Yeah. That <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> That's a really good one. It's one of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> the weird worm things. Yep. Um, it says, when Dean answers the phone, I am the Eggman. It is a reference to the Beatles song, I am the Walrus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a Beatles song. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know some songs from the Beatles, but yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm, like, an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, me neither. But I did yeah. know that one. <laughs> that just seems like a weird song title. Yeah. It's ha- like, to me, it sounds like it's going to be something like the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> oh, I'm a gummy Gummy, bear. gummy, gummy, gummy. <laughs> Three times you can bite me. <laughs> um, it says when Cliff confesses about the meth lab and Dean says he doesn't care if he broke bad. Um, he's referring to the popular AMC series Breaking Bad from 2008. Okay, funny story about Breaking Bad. So my uncle, whose name is Brian, mm-hmm. he um, gets confused for the guy from Breaking Bad like all the time. He's bald, glasses, He's a chemistry professor. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, every, he's got the whole situation going for him. But um, he gets that a lot. And my dad gets it every once in a while. Like, my dad looks nothing like the guy from Breaking Bad. Like, right. not even anything like him, other than he's kind of bald. He doesn't yeah. wear glasses. Like, there's no... It's just kind of like, okay. We were at... What concert was it at? I think it was my... Oh. It might have been at the Garth Brooks concert that we went to when... Um, he came through Tacoma, whatever that was, a couple years ago, three years ago, I don't know, something like that. And there was this lady, well, I wouldn't, she was probably, like, mid-30s, I would guess, that, like, came up to my dad, who, by the way, is, like, not, he's not not a people person, but he doesn't know what to do with, like, random situations like that, you know? And so... She came up to him and was like, can I get a picture with you? You look... She's like, I know you're not, but you look a lot like the guy from Breaking Bad, and my friend's just not going to believe it. And I'm sitting there going, he looks nothing like the guy from Breaking Bad. My dad's weird. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, kind of, like, takes a picture with her, and then she's like, thank you. And he goes, you're welcome. You know? <laughs> and it's just kind of like, what the heck? You know? And that's apparently not the first time that somebody's mentioned that to him. There's no... There hasn't been anybody who's wanted to take pictures with him that I know of so far, but mm-hmm. that was kind of funny. It was just like, okay, both, like, my, my dad looks nothing like my uncle because it's, you know, my, so, it's my mom's brother. Um, oh, okay. And it's just, yeah, it's weird, but my uncle, though, is definitely, like, he looks like the guy from Breaking Bad, he's a chemistry professor, he's got the whole thing going for him, his name is Brian, I don't remember if the actor's name is Brian, or if the character's name is Brian. I think the actor's name is Brian Cranston, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and my uncle's name, yeah, it's just a whole thing, but anyway, so he gets that a lot, though, especially because... I mean, he works at a college, and he's a professor, so mm-hmm. that's, people are like, hey, has anybody ever told you that you look like this guy? It's like, oh my god, move on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so it says, Plucky Penny Whistles is obviously a play on uh, the Chuck E. Cheese's chain of child-centered pizza play parlors. Um, 
When Sam suggests that something on a horse killed Billy's dad, um, Dean says, close, but no Seabiscuit. Um, he's referring to the thoroughbred racehorse Seabiscuit, an unlikely champion and a symbol of hope in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, among the children's drawings of their worst fears is one resembling the character Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. from 2001. Um, ironically, in that movie and its prequel, Monsters University from 2013, I didn't know they were 12 years apart. Oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, but Nemo and Dory were quite a few years apart, too. But Yeah. um, So it says, Mike was always considered as someone who uh, could never be frightening to a child. Right. Um, uh, When the little boy Tyler describes his worst fear, he says, robots have laser eyes. Um, It's a reference to season two, episode 12, um, Night Shifter from 2007. Um, as Ronald was convinced that the crimes were committed by mandroids that have laser eyes. <laughs> Good old Ronald. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it says, a fear of clowns is known as cholrophobia, um, from the Greek word kolobathrists, meaning one who walks on stilts. Oh, okay. Um... Uh, it says, Sam references getting beaten up by juggalos at the end of the episode. Um, a juggalo is what fans of the horrorcore rap group's ICP, Insane Clown Posse, and Twisted, uh, Psychopathic Records, and ma- Magic, I'm guessing Magic, Ninja Entertainment choose to go by. Um, they are known as dressing up in face paint and drinking uh, slash throwing Fago. What is Fago? I don't know, but I have a friend who's a juggalo. Oh, yeah? Yep. She's is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even, like, heard... I've heard of gigolo, <laughs> but not juggalo. That's different. That's, that's <laughs> totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is Fago, though? I mean, obviously, it's a drink. Yeah, is it, like, an alcoholic drink? Is it, like, a... I don't know. It's weird. Um, you should ask your friend. I will. <laughs> we have I to figure out what Fago is. I mean, we could probably just look it up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> but it might still, be more fun to ask her. It might be more fun, yeah. yeah. Um, it says, while examining the drawings of children's fears, uh, Dean makes an offhand comment about leprechauns being evil. Um, presumably one of the drawings was of a leprechaun. Um, the boys had previously encountered a leprechaun in episode six, or season six, episode nine, Clap Your Hands If We Believe, from 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the ninth episode to not feature the Impala and the eighth episode in a row. Um, it says, <laughs> the unicorn left farting rainbows all the way. <laughs> <laughs> By the early 1980s, rainbows and unicorns were, separately, oddly popular with American children under 10 years old. Within a few years, unicorns were associated directly with rainbows, and by the 1990s, the image of unicorns farting rainbows was well established. (laughs) When this episode came out, Dookie the animatronic unicorn (laughs) was making commercials in which he pooped rainbow swirl soft serve ice cream. Oh, for Squatty Potty. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that that was from the 90s, though. I thought that was a newer thing. Yeah, same. But I didn't know his name was Dookie. <laughs> I didn't know his name was Dookie either. Oh, I like Dookie. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like. I definitely remember seeing those, but that would be in the last like five. No, more than that. Maybe ten years. 
Yeah. But still, like, I would think, like, early 2000s at the most. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the more you know. Um, so, our research this week is on the land of Oz. This is off of Ranker, because we, we can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, because, you know, amusement parks, amusement type things, we're, we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the title of this is Land of Oz is the creepy, once abandoned theme park that opens mm-hmm. once a year for anyone who dares. <clears throat> Excuse me, as I choke on my own spit. Um, I want to go to this place so badly. I know. It seems so like... So badly. And it's like a destination wedding place, too. Yeah, that's a weird sort of destination wedding, though. That just sounds awesome. I... Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to it, I guess. But I don't really have any interest in going to it. Like, I wouldn't make it a point to ever go there. It's one of those, like, if we happened to be by it... And somebody, probably you, <laughs> would be like, hey, we should go here. I'd be like, eh, okay, whatever. I think they you only know? open up, like, once a year for yeah. the public. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it says, um, so it says, apparently somewhere over the rainbow is pretty darn creepy. In the quiet wilderness of Beach Mountain, um, NC. North Carolina. Thank you. I was like, I'm having a brain <laughs> fart moment. I don't know what NC means. <laughs> North Carolina lies the land of Oz theme park, a once abandoned amusement park centered around the uh, the Wizard Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Oh no, this is going to end poorly. I just know it. Um, Inside the walls of this theme park, the yellow brick road faded to a jaundiced hue, and nature began reclaiming the Emerald City. Any hint of magic faded away, and its decaying interior made it seem more like the Wicked Witch's latest real estate acquisition than a mystical world that exists inside the mind of a teenager from rural Kansas. In short, it was just flat-out creepy. Land of Oz may have been one of the creepiest theme parks in the world, and once you entered, you couldn't escape by simply clicking your ruby slippers together. The sordid hi- history of the park creates an unsettling air of mystery around it, even now that it's uh, been partially restored. What was once a happy place that saw thousands of visitors was tainted by death and possibly arson. Um, it may take lion-sized courage to enter the park's front gates, but every year thousands gather to explore the attractions. Uh, the, uh, these eerie Land of Oz facts will have you saying, There's no place like home. Are you brave enough to venture inside? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Um, it says, Land of Oz was a grand endeavor in the North Carolina mountains. The park was reportedly built using local craftsmen and entertainers to help boost Beach Mountain's economy, providing a way to capitalize on the property, primarily a ski resort, during the spring, summer, and fall. During the park's first summer, a whopping 400,000 visitors walked Land of Oz's yellow brick road, which contained 44,000 real yellow bricks. They explored a replica of the Emerald City and took a stroll through Munchkin Land in the Wicked Witch's Castle, but the laughter that permeated the park's walls quickly faded. Today, Land of Oz is so infrequently visited that the owners require guests to park at the nearby Beach Mountain Resort and let a shuttle navigate the winding roads to the park's location. Um, It says the Land of Oz has been tainted with death since before it even opened its doors in 1970. Grover Robbins was a successful entrepreneur who wanted to attract terrorists. (laughs) Terrorists! Oh, no! Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, no! We've gone gone down the wrong path. Ah, We went down the wrong yellow (laughs) brick (laughs) road. 
attract terrorists. He wanted to attract tourists. Oh, Lord. Help me. Uh, he wanted to attract tourists to the resort town of Beach Mountain all year round. Uh, he hired designer Jack Pentes, um, who said the trees on the property reminded him of the film's haunted forest. For a few years, their vision was truly successful. Robbins had previous uh, success in operating theme parks. He was the man behind Tweetsie Railroad, um, a Wild West theme park in North Carolina, which is still in operation. Unfortunately, Land of Oz never saw the same level of lasting success. Mere months before the park's grand reopening, Robbins died of cancer. Some believe his demise led to, led to the park's eventual decline. Um, Debbie Reynolds, who rose to fame in Singing in the Rain and scored a 1964 Oscar nomination for the unsinkable Molly Brown, cut the ribbon at Land of Oz's opening on June 15, 1970. The actress was a partner in the business and brought along her then-unknown teenage daughter, Carrie Fisher, to enjoy the event. Throughout her life, Reynolds amassed a vibrant collection of famed Hollywood memorabilia. Her collection contained none other than one pair of Dorothy's famed ruby slippers, which were reportedly bought at an auction for $510,000. Damn. <laughs> a lot. In 2011. Um, Reynolds helped with the... Er, Reynolds helped the park create its collection of Wizard of Oz props and costumes. The park had only one ride, a ski lift made up to resemble hot air balloons that gave visitors an aerial view of the park's unique scenery. Most of the park consisted of character houses and a replica of the Emerald City, which suffered a fate worse than the abandonment. Or than abandonment. Um, in 1975, the Emerald City was destroyed in a mysterious fire which crippled the park. No one knows what started the fire, but it destroyed the amphitheater, nearby shops, and a restaurant. On top of that, thieves broke into the park's museum and stole numerous original film costumes, including Judy Garland's coveted gingham dress. Um, coupled uh, with a drop in tourism from the gas crisis in the 1970s, the park never fully recovered. Um, in 1980, reeling from a devastating fire and a change in ownership that resulted in dwindling attendance, Dorothy finally tapped her ruby slippers together and Land of Oz closed its doors. By that time, the park had become a shell of its former self. The real animals in Dorothy's Kansas barn were replaced with animatronic copies. Original costume designs were replaced with cheap imitations, the yellow brick road needed to be replaced, and the sound system kept breaking in the middle of performances. Oh no. New ownership had let the face... Let, let the face... Let the place fall into disrepair. I can't do this. You're doing fine. And the exorbitant... Exorbitant... Exorbitant price of restoration is what eventually made the park's proprietors pull the plug. Land of Oz was more or less abandoned for decades. It became a major target for vandals and thieves. Nature reclaimed much of the other scenery. The Wicked Witch's castle loomed eerily in the mountain mist as decrepit trees uh, carved to look like faces rotted along the fading yellow brick road until finally a group of kind souls with the courage of cowardly lion. <laughs> I mean... Beginning or end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the magic of Glinda the Good Witch fought to restore it. Um, in the 1990s, Emerald Mountain Realty, er, Realty began to restore the park to its original glory. Each year, they added a piece back to the park, including items that were stolen from the grounds after the park fell into disrepair. You could reportedly even rent out character houses. 
but the property wasn't reopened as an amusement park. After a 1994 reunion of the original cast members, they decided to open the park once a year for an Autumn in Oz event. Public demand to see the old them... What? Public demand to see the old them park soared. What? I don't know what that means. Theme. They forgot an E. Okay. Public demand to see the old theme park soared. <laughs> and all money from the events goes back into restoring... Er, yeah, goes back into restoring Land of Oz. Um, every kid remembers that moment of fear when they saw the Wicked Witch's flying monkeys for the first time. Okay, I'm just going to pause here and tell you that I was scarred from the Wizard of Oz at a young age, and the flying monkeys were what did it, yeah. and I was convinced that I was going to die, you know? Like, <laughs> there was no way that you could convince me that whatever was happening to Dorothy wasn't going to happen to me, you know? Like, I yeah. just, I remember watching it at my great-grandma's house with my parents and just being like, ah, and they had to, like, turn it off because <laughs> I, like, couldn't handle it. Yeah, I was <laughs> terrified of them, too, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, <laughs> it says, imagine that feeling multiplied by ten, and you've basically experienced what it was like to stay at the Land of Oz in the 90s. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, according to Kelsey Garcia, a writer who spent a childhood vacation in Dor in Dorothy's house, everything about the Land of Oz was eerie and run down even after it was restored. Um, she wrote, It was old and creaky in a way that was almost comically creepy. The furniture definitely had that antique thing going for it, and there was a painting of a stoic, haunting woman on the, woman on the wall. We inexplicably named her Rebecca, <laughs> I guess, just to make light of it all. Uh, toward the close of our trip, my sisters decided to take a look at what was in the basement, the uncharted territory of the cabin that still gives me the creeps over a decade later. The owners of the old park had long ago decided to mysteriously store many of the park's old rides and decorations in the basement of the very cabin that was being rented out to my unassuming family. There it all was. An animatronic witch Wicked Witch of the West, carts belonging to amusement rides, a winding yellow ramp that led somewhere else underground, and no, we did not care to find out where that might have been. Ooh, <laughs> so there was, like, something that went into the ground underneath their cabin that they were staying in. Ah, that's creepy. I don't like that. I wonder if it was, like... It might have been just, like, storage or something, but, like, what else would... Like, why would you need to have a ramp going into the ground underneath a cabin? Yeah, you know, like, I would have investigated. I would not have. <laughs> I would have been like, I'll hold the light from out here. You know, like, <laughs> have fun. <Yeah. laughs> Please don't die. Um, it says, Judy Garland singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow is one of the most memorable parts of The Wizard of Oz. It was also one of the most memorable parts of Land of Oz, but not for the right reasons. According to Kelsey Garcia, the clocks in Land of Oz played the famed song every night at midnight, but it wasn't sweet. It was, it was straight up terrifying. She said, we all no started noticing these quirks that we, well, didn't appreciate. At midnight, every night, a little tune somewhere over the rainbow would float down the hallway from an old cuckoo clock. Except it was so old that the song sounded distorted and unbelievably eerie, like it was somewhere over the rainbow on Xanax. <laughs> on Xanax. That's funny. <laughs> Um, it says, just imagine a random, out-of-tune rendition floating about your antique cabin in the middle of a forest ravaged, ravaged by fire. There's no way the Land of Oz wasn't terrifying. 
Um, it says Oz's doors are closed for most of the year. It now opens briefly in summer and fall for those brave souls who don't mind wandering a cracked and fading yellow brick road. Um, tickets to the journey with Dorothy and Autumn at Oz events usually sell out, and visitors participate in a guided tour through the park, complete with actors and costume. It says, though the public events are extremely popular, the abandoned theme park gets other business as well. The park has become a bizarre backdrop for destination weddings. Maybe the kind you don't want to put on Pinterest. <laughs> Nothing says romance like climbing a burned down mountainside while carved, haunted looking trees stare at you. If you want to see the faded or the fading glory of the land of Oz, you can rent out the park. Members of your party can reportedly even play the roles of Dorothy's friends by renting costumes. Okay, but like, I don't know if I want to be like wearing a costume that 8 million other people have worn. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if there's like wigs involved. Like, I can only imagine the head lice. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It says, just be careful where you step. Thieves are still stealing bricks from the yellow brick road. I want a freaking brick from the yellow brick road. I mean, like, I would be tempted, but, like, what are you going to just do with a random yellow brick? I would display it. I mean, I guess, but <laughs> couldn't you just get another brick and paint it yellow and call it good, you know? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's anything special other than painted bricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, whatever, though. <laughs> so what was your idiot or ass butt moment from this week? Oh, okay. So I went over to one of my friend's house and um, she, um, you know, we always talk, we always catch up about our family and blah, 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 blah. And for whatever reason, I always end up crying when I'm <laughs> over at her house. Like without fail, I cry. And then it's like, like, I don't do the like sobbing cry, but like, I almost get there. And so it's <laughs> so really like, hard. Worked up enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to like come back down. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so it's like a good like half an hour of her being like, it's okay. Like, you know, I cry, you know, at my house here all the time too. It's no big <laughs> deal. And I'm just like, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know why I keep crying. <laughs> Things are going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I did it again. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. <laughs> uh, That's what you need to think of. Just be like, just start thinking of Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. And then that might reverse the situation a little yeah. bit but then she's gonna be wondering why you're laughing <laughs> yeah about crying you know? right <laughs> I'll try it I'll try it next time I mean, you I know what know. now I realize that it's not even just when I'm at her house it's just when I'm with her that's weird in general yeah well she asked me you know she always asked me about like how I'm dealing with like my cousin's death yeah and so I think that it's that possible it's like okay but like listen if i wanted to talk about this i would talk about it mm -hmm. the fact that it keeps getting brought up is not a helpful situation <laughs> and hi i'm crying about it stop asking me about it i know like obviously <laughs> obviously i haven't dealt with it <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know <laughs> okay <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like if that's something that like, if it comes up, you talk about it, but that's not something that you're just like, Hey, let me bring up this painful thing over and over again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what she, happens? You knew my cousin really well. Like the three of us hung out quite a bit. Still though. Oh yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you know the person well or not. You know, it's kind of like, hey, let's not bring up this painful thing every time we get together. Maybe that's why she's crying every time. <laughs> yeah. The very first time that I cried, <laughs> I remember it because she was really pregnant and we met at a Starbucks and my cousin was with us uh-huh. and um, she asked me, Lynn, when are you getting married? And I just burst into tears. <laughs> I know she was like oh my god what's wrong and I was like I don't know when I'm gonna get married (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well yeah I mean she just knows how to ask the right questions (laughs) I guess (laughs) yep so Uh, so who's the idiot here is it me or is it her hmm I feel like she's the idiot in this situation Okay. Nothing against her. No, no. Just like, hey, quit bringing this up to make Lynn cry. (laughs) Obviously, you know that this is what happens every time. Why do you keep wanting it to happen? You know? Oh, man. Do you think she wants me to cry? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail because I don't know her well enough. (laughs) I don't think she wants to cry. I mean, it could just be an, like a, hey, how are you doing? But like not asking it in the right way, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or just like, maybe just don't keep bringing it up every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next time we hang out, I'll like try and dominate the conversation so it doesn't go there. Yeah. 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 And if it does, I'll just be like, eh, I don't know. And then move on. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah that's it's an awkward situation to put somebody in though because it's like okay so like she's gonna want an answer Mm -hmm. more than likely so like do you think she's the type of person that would just like give it up if you tried to change the subject yeah I think so okay so yeah I mean then just yeah just be like hey um look at over there there's there's something cool over there you know (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) and diversions yeah (laughs) i love it okay well what was your rigid or aspect moment so mine (laughs) we went over to my parents house for mother's day and travis and hunter came along Mm -hmm. (laughs) hunter apparently so like at this new house, he refuses to poop in the yard. Like if he's out in the pasture, he'll poop anywhere when it mm-hmm. comes to like in the backyard, which he doesn't really have access to the pasture anymore because he keeps like eating horse poop and rolling in horse poop. Oh God. Like bugging the horse. Cause apparently the hot wire doesn't even phase him. There was one time where he was like literally standing over it and it was like on his belly, touching his belly. And he's just like getting shocked every couple seconds and has like no idea anything that's happened at like, did he feel it? I don't know. Huh. But so 
he keeps messing with the horse. So we're just kind of like, okay, like you're going to stay in the backyard. Like that's, that's your, (laughs) that's your zone, you know? But so we've got some apple trees that have a bunch of like ground cover underneath them that needs to get pulled up and whatever. But like, that's where he decides to poop is like in the garden area. (laughs) Oh no. So now whenever we go over to my parents' house, that's where he goes. He won't pee. He won't poop in the yard like a normal dog. He's got to go in my mom's flower garden. <laughs> and then he start like, he'll go and pee somewhere and then has to just, he like decides that he has to cover it up. And so he'll like start flinging bark everywhere. You know how dogs will kind of like kick their back feet out and like try and cover whatever, or mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. So he keeps doing that. But so when we were over there for mother's day, my mom has these plants they're called hostas so they're like kind of like a bush looking thing but it's got like a leaf that kind of looks like a lily you know so it kind of looks like a little bowl okay (laughs) he decided I don't know why that he needed to poop into the hosta (laughs) he like lined himself up over this bush thing squatted over the hosta (laughs) and like pooped into it and it was like hitting the leaves and falling down (laughs) under the plant and so my mom's like oh god why is he pooping on this I'm like I don't know I've never seen a dog try and poop on a bush before (laughs) yeah that's not normal (laughs) like it's uh, I don't know and so then like I had to go and like pick dog poop out of a bush (laughs) yeah so it didn't just stay there in the garden you know and so hunter was kind of a bit of an ass but and decided yeah he was just gonna like aim i've never seen a dog aim their poop like that usually they just find a spot and poop not like i'm gonna hover over this specific thing like i wonder if we put out like a bedpan in the yard if he would like squat over it (laughs) you should try (laughs) I don't think he would he'd probably be like what the heck is this thing and then completely ignore it but Mm -hmm. like yeah like it's weird it's really weird it is weird just get like a hosta just get one and stick it in the middle of the yard (laughs) see if that's where he decides to go yeah you've got all these little like cup looking leaves and they're just all gonna be filled with shit The poop plant. Is it trout like this? Nope. Hunter just fills the cups. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you should do it. I don't really want a plant that's going to end up looking like this. (laughs) Also, like, I'm not a flower person. I don't mind flowers, and yeah, they're pretty, but like, I would much rather grow like vegetables and something useful rather Mm -hmm. than something that's like you're putting all this work into that's just pretty but doesn't really have anything useful to it. I mean, some flowers are useful for certain things, but like still, you know, yeah, (laughs) no thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Like I wouldn't mind having like lavender maybe Mm -hmm. because then like it's really good for honeybees and it would be right next to the veggie garden, but also you could use lavender for all sorts of different stuff. So oh yeah, that would be a useful plant. That would be probably like one of the plants that I would be like, okay with having, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah. So that's my story. Hunter (laughs) was a big old ass butt and used his ass butt to (laughs) 
poop on my mom's plants for Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to my mom. Yeah. (laughs) Your garden has been desecrated. (laughs) I kind of love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is filled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your agent and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.